0: Hello and welcome to episode 430 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast that's recorded in Manchester. Hi from
1: Manchester. Conversation With... Street episode 430. With me. And me. Gemma. Michael. How you doing, everybody?
0: We've totally forgotten how
1: to do this and we haven't been away for that long. We're jolly hot. You have it's to horrible. excuse us. That's, we're, we're hot and echoey Manchester. and late. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want this to be a shortish, quickish podcast tonight, but we'll just have to see how it goes because we're in our Manchester Airbnb. We've got a nice apartment, haven't we, over in Islington area? Um, which is it's lovely but um, it is hot and today apparently it was the hottest day of the year no the hottest day UK in the UK for like 15 years or something no way
0: really it's so. horrible
1: you know, you know they always take the temperature at Heathrow Airport or something that always seems to be the hottest part of the country for whatever reason and that's been the hottest it's ever been since 2003 and we certainly felt it today I hate it well um if you want to find out more about our trip to manchester then you can hop on over to our bonus podcast for this week which is all about it and um, you should be able to download it as an audio file as usual but alternatively you might want to head over to our youtube channel where if all goes well i should have uploaded it in video form and it is literally a proper video that is all video it's it's um it's us talking it's us recording a podcast but it's just video clips all the way through. So if you want to have a look at what we've been looking at on our trips to... Where have we been, Gemma? Tatton Park? Heaton Manchester. Park, many parks. Man- Manchester, yeah. Um, then, then go over there. It's, it's a good video, I hope. So it's up to you.
0: Stop waffling, Encounter. for God's sake. I know, I
1: said I didn't want to waffle this week. Gemma, give it's me a quiz. It's bloody
0: hot here. We've had to turn the fan off for you lot.
1: <laughs> we've, we've got the window open slightly. Um, but we have had to turn the fan off, which it's kind of melt. This is horrible. Gemma, give me the quiz.
0: Right, okay, so I have got the quiz here, and I wrote this like a week ago, so I don't know if I'm going to remember what I was going on about.
1: Gemma is so well prepared for today's quiz. She knew she wouldn't want to be doing this on holiday. I she knew. did it last Friday.
0: Okay, this is things that happened between the 3rd and the 7th of August. Oh, one thing I wanted to say was it was a 10-year anniversary this week, and everyone was a so wedding. lovely...
1: Not of podcast.
0: Marriage anniversary. And everyone on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else, thank you very much for your lovely wishes and nice comments. It was really sweet. I was not it was. Expecting we did get lots to of to lovely be, messages. Thank I you was expecting much. lots of people to be like, so what? But you guys are so lovely. Thank you very much. I do deserve praise for 10 years of putting up with this. (laughs) Gemma wrote me
1: such a nice card, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Oh. So you wrote me a nice card. I wrote, yeah, but your card was nicer. It also turns out, which I didn't realise until I was writing my card to you, that I think I picked Uh, up an anniversary card that you're supposed to give a couple on their anniversary because it, what did it say in the inside? Have a great day. Have a great day. Like,
0: thanks dear wife. 10 years have a great day. (laughs) Bye. You don't have to do the
1: cooking today, we
0: might see each other. (laughs) I did do the cooking, I cooked you a bloody breakfast. Oh, yeah, anyway. Quiz. Oh, and we've got a hot pot for dinner. Why a hot pot on the hottest day of the year? Don't ask me, but it's made from lamb from Tatton Park, yes, raised on the ground. That's what
1: we've got to look forward to, yes, when we finish the podcast. This
0: uh, quiz things that happen between the 3rd and the 7th of August in years ending in a zero and a five sourced from as always Coropedia, which you can find at corneto street at those guys are really good
1: and they know everything that's happened also if you haven't voted in the Coropedia oh, yeah. ultimate character survey yet you haven't got long because it's like 2 weeks and then they're they're that's stopping it, they it. it. They they're, they're you bringing up. the the date forward to when it was going to stop and that does handily tie up um that does tie in nicely with our very last video that we've been putting on youtube um where we give our thoughts on all 373 regular characters over the year. So, yeah, get over there and vote if you haven't done like so I'm yet. I like
0: I'm collecting really weird Pokemon.
1: Right, for the very last time.
2: <laughs> right, listen, quiz. shut up.
0: Um, 3rd of August, 1970, Val and Irma fall out, and Val tells her, Irma, she needs psychiatric help. Why? <laughs>
1: Why does Val need psychiatric help? No, why does Irma need psychiatric help? Why does Irma need psychiatric Irma help? Need psychiatric help? Um, has something to do with David dying earlier that do year? Do you
0: remember what happened last week?
1: Um,
0: what was she up to? I
1: can't remember. She I'm kidnapped a
0: baby. Oh, yeah. Val. Oh, <laughs> <30 laughs> 3rd of August. My
1: excuse is on Too Hot this week, everyone.
0: 2005. A new employee is taken on behind the bar at the Rovers. Who...
1: 2005, do I get any clues at all about this? Please give me a clue.
0: Um, I deliberately worded it. 3rd of em- August, 2005, a new employee is taken on behind the bar at the Rovers.
1: That's not much of a clue. It
0: bloody is.
1: Taken on
0: behind the bar behind
1: the bar. I don't know, just tell me.
0: You're really giving up easy this week. What <laughs> yeah. a pathetic excuse for a performance.
1: Go
2: on.
0: Sean, a new employee behind the bar, a barmaid it would normally, wouldn't it be? Who's the new barmaid?
1: Okay, okay.
0: Oh, oh, come on, no. that was clever.
1: Yeah, all right, I'll, oh, I'll give you that one. Oh, you're
0: mad. I'm not even going to bother So was that you know, 2005, impression. so
1: it's a 15 year Yes, hour, that's it is. Right. I'm surprised it
0: wasn't marked. Right, go on. Maybe it wasn't, I didn't look at it. You rigid. want in it today. 3rd of August 2015. What causes a kerfuffle when Max finds it in Callum's wardrobe?
1: Gun. He finds a gun. Oh,
0: what kind of a gun?
1: Hand pistol gun. A
0: loaded gun. <laughs> a hand pistol.
1: Is that what you do when you go to the gun shop to go and buy one? I'll have a, I'll have a gun, please. What sort of gun can I give you, sir? A loaded one, please. <laughs> what?
0: It was dramatic because it had a bullet in it, Michael, it was and very a small dramatic. child was brandishing it. It was, it was. Fourth of August, nineteen seventy. What gets Alf in hot water with Renee's, Renee's mother? Reenie. Reenie. God's sake! Bloody Reenie. Reenie's mother regarding the crash.
1: Um. Oh, well, it's probably something to do with the fact that he was drunk when he the was crash happened. Breathalyzed. Yeah, I love that.
0: Fourth of August. Four. Help yourself. Fourth of August, nineteen ninety-five. Alec Gilroy leaves Weatherfield for a more beautiful place. What is it? Southampton. That's correct. <laughs> that's because that's how we describe Southampton and I thought that was pretty good. Did he actually say that? You were there when you in the episode oh, yeah. I walked through the room. I paid more attention than you did, clearly. Fifth of August two thousand and five, Steve goes aim Steve goes Tracy in the Rovers to the point where she attacks him so he can get her arrested by the police. What were they feuding over?
1: Oh, blimey.
2: 2005? Uh-huh. Uh, um, a- um, uh, Amy? Rights to see uh, rights Amy. Rights to see Amy, yeah. I 6th of
0: August, 1975. Residents hold a surprise 80th birthday party with a patriotic and military theme. I know the answer for to For which this one. street does Albert yeah. We
1: watched that episode.
0: 6th of August, 2000. Toya locks herself... In at Radio Weatherfield and plays an interview, which which was rejected by the DJ. Who was it with?
1: I don't remember that at all. She locks herself in Weatherfield Radio Weatherfield.
0: Yeah, she's such a. And rebel. plays an interview. Yeah. I don't know. And who was it with?
1: Who was the interview? Is it a character? Yeah. Spider. No,
0: it was Ken. I do not blame them. <laughs> I only put that in because it's a question about Toya. <laughs>
1: Seventh of August,
0: two thousand. Why is Jez Why is jazz Quigley put on trial?
1: Um, 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 <laughs> um, um, being up, Steve,
0: murdering Tony Horrocks, murdering
1: Tony Horrocks. It's
0: awful. What's no, happened to your right. brain? It's
1: melted.
0: Seventh of August, two thousand fifteen. When Carla tells the factory staff she's going to sell up, what does Sally do? That gets her fired on the spot. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> this is embarrassing. I of... did to
1: say this all's two thousand
0: I'm everybody I am um, shopping for a new co host. Two thousand fifteen.
1: What does Sally do? Does she call her an old cow or something?
0: No, she looks at she looks at the books, she sneaks to look at the books mm. because she wants to buy it.
1: I do not remember this.
0: One, two, three, four, five.
1: Six. Five out of ten. That's bad.
0: No, that's okay. You're declining.
1: That's okay with your interesting new questions. I do like the new questions. It's hopefully it's. What do you mean,
0: to... new questions?
1: No, you, you said that you're, you're trying to make them more interesting now by choosing Are more obscure tell questions. you to me that I've always
0: had boring questions? No, no, not at all.
1: No, you've had nice, no right, you, shut you... up. Digging hard, Bonus quickfire questions from our pink little book.
0: Okay, this is from the Coronation Street magazine from the 90s. Yeah. In which prison did Den- Dennis. Oh, good God. Dennis Tanner serve a three year stretch?
1: Um, you won't know this. I don't know.
0: Pentonville. Who was not feared dead. What? Who was not feared dead after the viaduct crash? Jack, Ina, or Hilda? Hilda. Correct. Who mugged Lucille Hewitt? <laughs> don't uh, know. I don't know the answer to this. Don't know. Uh, Frank Bradley. Okay. Never heard of him.
1: Those Bradleys, eh?
0: Which Welsh ex sergeant major bought the corner shop in nineteen sixty-five?
1: Lionel Petty.
0: Correct. I feel like um, Magnus Magnuson. Is that the guy? Yeah. Um, who did Ernie... Except he doesn't go, um, yeah, that's right, hang on. Let me find the next question. <laughs> who did Ernie Bishop employ as a female photographer? Emily. No, Rita. I thought he employed Emily
1: for a bit. Oh, well. i uh, trust the book. Yeah. The book's decision is final.
0: Who sat on Sam Tyndall's Christmas pudding? Oh. Don't
1: know who that is. Minnie Coldwell.
0: No. Alf. Mm. Who fought Len Fairclough in the 1966 council elections? Alf. No, it's no. Walker.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs>
0: Michael's Al. taking his glasses off now. Despair. In what department... them
1: back on they make me cleverer.
0: You're not going to know the answer to this. <laughs> in what department at Miami Modes does Elsie and Dot work? Department? Yeah, um, they're departments. I love this, the name of this department. I'm going to get more clothes from here from now on.
1: Handfastery.
0: <laughs> no, it what? was called the slightly better dress department. <laughs> oh, that sounds completely made that. up.
2: Oh dear. Are you get
0: zero? Okay, <laughs> you're going to get the last one of this, but I'm this is do. the penultimate one. Who was nearly raped during a dance at the mission hall, and it's not Ina Sharples. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who was nearly raped?
0: At a dance at the Mission Hall.
1: Gosh, I kind of might be remember this happening as well. Erma. Um,
0: no. Lucille oh. Hewitt.
1: Oh Right, in which
0: country did David Barlow die?
1: Australia.
0: Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. You got seven wrong. <laughs> Out of seven wrong? Yeah. Out of how many yeah. Ten. Did
1: I only get three right then? I don't
0: think
1: oh, so. Bayak
0: that was dreadful.
1: I apologize for I... my heat induced. Um, and ignorance and of and all easier. things curry. Yes. Who's got a birthday coming up, Gemma?
0: Um, the birthdays are 8th of August, producer John G. Temple.
1: Happy birthday, Gemma. don't know
0: what I thought it was going to be called Templeton, but I stopped in a weird way then, sorry. 11th of August, you look so depressed. I'm
1: depressed and the hot and sweaty. Oh, I
0: know, what should we do?
1: We can't do anything, oh, no. we've just got to plow on with this. Hot and sweaty podcast. We're not doing off. a news podcast this week. We're not doing a news this week. There haven't been any news this I'll week. Tell what, Gemma, what did you think of the scandals program? Great. Get it out of the way. It was fine. Not as good as the other ones. Move um, on. I'll
0: tell you what, you need to put something on your lap because probably you're getting hot from the laptop.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: maybe. 11th of August, director John Gory. Gray O'Brien, or Brian. Who's oh, that's name? Tony and Gordon. Alan Halstrom plays Tyrone Dobbs. Sorry everybody, you're gonna have crap birthdays because it's bloody hot, and horrible, and rubbish. She wants a birthday in August.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want a birthday in August because that means it's always the summer holidays when it's August my birthday. August is the
0: worst month. It's the year. best
1: month of the year because there's no school, oh, and crazy. I usually don't mind the heat, but just right now it can do one.
0: September and October, two best months of year. Thirteenth of August. Sorry everybody again. Susan Jameson, Myra Booth, apologies. Director Nick Phillip, apologies. Richard Hawley plays Johnny Connor, Apologies, and Colson Smith. Plus, Craig Tinker. I'm so sorry that you were born in August.
1: We've looked at the forecast next week though, and it's going to be a bit rainier, isn't it? Oh, it's it? going to
0: be glorious. I hope it's glorious, right?
1: Well, there wasn't. It? it was supposed to be a bit rainy this week. I was a bit Manchester has let
0: me down so badly. Everyone's always going, "Oh, Manchester's really miserable and grey. Where, how? Show me." <laughs> we
1: had some rain on Tuesday, the day that we were flipping. One day, the, you know, we
0: tried to do something. The day sociable. that we
1: wanted to do something sociable and go outside with Charlie to and be Georgia. Honest, it, it was, was
0: probably nicer for them to, to see me walking around going, it's cold, than flapping my arms about. And, and,
1: <laughs> and Gemma gets really mad when we're and walking outside. Going, it's 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 you, go, you huff and you puff and you Hate stomp it. and you stamp, you? this <laughs> well, Who
0: wants this life? Nobody. <laughs> I will say another thing about Corson Smith. Very proud of you. You look so svelte.
1: He did, he did have a scene in tonight's I episode, didn't he? his
0: hard work. Yeah, congratulations! That's not easy to do. No. Right now, we're going to do street talk super, super fast. It's going to be the fastest street talk we've ever done.
1: Okay, street talk time then. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube. Uh, which where we kind of cut off the beginning of the podcast for you you we would have missed Gemma saying that this is going to be our fastest ever street talk I don't know whether you've forgotten at the time Gemma that when at the beginning of the podcast the street talk used to be what 10 minutes long or so I don't think we're going to quite manage to oh, I didn't get
0: it
1: you, you said this was going to be our fastest street talk ever because we're all hot and sweaty yeah, and but... echoey in our Manchester yeah, apartment but, and... but back in the early days Street oh, yeah. talk was like 10 minutes long, and I can't, I don't think we're going to manage less than 10 minutes. Street talk.
0: But oh, I'm sorry. So I still I reckon it. it's going to be,
1: you know, an hour Cross or so. Advertised. It was, it was. Anyway, so this week we've got, um, we've got the Yasmeen story first, So we didn't see any Yasmeen again at all this week. So I'm trying to come up with a good storyline title that referred to Elaine this week, Gemma. I think this
0: is why it takes so long.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. This is the most important part. Yeah. So, okay. possible storyline titles Elaine in state. Because she was in a state this week and it sounds like Lane in State. Yeah, you get like it. The clean also, a run down Mama Elaine. Yeah? Because get she's out. looking really run down at the moment and she's Mama Elaine. Get run out. Run down memory Lane. Get
0: out of the get out of this house.
1: Then we got the watch out storyline, which wasn't much about a watch this week, but you know, Gary, Sarah, Adam, that's kind of the stuff there. We had a little bit of Never the Twins Shall Meet came back this week. <laughs> and no, it's not that. And um, we had a bit more of a serious case of the Ollie Wobbles. A few scenes with Leanne and Toya and Mandy. Remember Did Mandy from they... anti Class? No, neither do we.
0: Did you say you were starting off?
1: I am going to do the Elaine storyline this week. And it was all about um, Jeff's lies unravelling, basically, wasn't it? And him, like all good Corrie villains, being able to come up with... You know, tangible reasons for why he said such and such tangible? at a drop of a hat—is that the wrong word? Probably tangible is. Tangible
0: means like you can—it exists.
1: Okay, believable reasons about why he lied to the police or whatever at the drop of a hat, but but it, it, it's it, the walls are closing on on him apparently. Good. So, um, Elaine's only in Monday's episode. She does a bit of a disappearing act at the end of it. So she's um, there in the cafe with Elaine at the beginning, uh, with Sally, sorry, at the beginning. And Sally's sort of saying, like, is this what you're saying? Is, is this true? You're not a mad old liar, are you, Elaine? And she says, look, I've got no reason to lie about this. Why, not a mad why on earth would I lie? Why would I pretend to be Tim's mum?
0: Why would you take credit for that? <laughs>
1: well, yeah, why would I? So she says, look, I've, I've lost everything, thanks to Jeff. And I'm terrified of speaking to him um i don't wanna i've been scared of contacting tim all these years she feels guilty about abandoning him she tried to forget about it but this has brought it all back
0: a great way to really test whether elaine is actually tim's mom is to say did you know you never learned to read and if she's like what how i can't believe a son of mine doesn't know how to read if she's like outraged and annoyed
1: then she's probably is she
0: probably is but if she's like, yeah, he looks like the sort of person
1: he be. <laughs> that has all been forgotten about, I think. Anyway. Well,
0: I maintain what you said was correct that Tim doesn't know who his mum is because he has never read his birth
1: certificate. Oh, I really want somebody to mention the birth certificate. I was waiting. I was thinking, when he was speaking with Jeff in tonight's episode, saying, You're not lying, are you, Dad? You haven't been lying to me all this, this time. That would be the perfect opportunity to, for him to say, birth certificate. Or when Sally was so completely convinced that Jeff was you know, making all this up. I thought she might say, let's see the birth certificate then. I know. Or Faye maybe, let's On see the Facebook birth
0: certificate. group, they're a bit crazy about the fact that they've not mentioned the birth certificate. But it's interesting because what, apart from getting married in Las Vegas, once you've got your passport and your driving licence, I don't think you really need it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it seems like it's something that should get mentioned, and I would have thought that yeah. Coronation Street would no, have I'm thought not, that people would be asking about it. So. To, I'm not
0: saying people are wrong. I'm just trying to think of a plausible deniability mm. reason why Coronation Street can get away with saying that he
1: never looked at his birth certificate. Mm. Anyway, Sally says, look, just go and speak to Tim again. Please try and convince him, because I believe you, but he still doesn't. But I think if you just have a little bit of a word with him, you might, be, you might come over to your side. Unfortunately for Elaine, she's not able to get to Tim because Jeff comes up next to her in his car and says, long time no see, Philippa. <gasps> now, we have a bit of a good Samaritan situation on this scene because while poor Erica slash Philippa is being menaced in the ginnel by Jeff, you we know, have two people walk past and go, oh, that looks a bit odd. She I looks tell you So like a woman being backed into a ginnel by dodgy Jeff. What?
0: I am... Intrigued, and I want people to write in and tell me what they think. What the hell is Rita doing with rice wine and vinegar? Answers what on the back of the
2: What record. was the story
1: there? Jen?
0: Well, Jenny gone to go and get her and There wasn't any, and so she said something like,
1: She's normal wine. Just and get vinegar.
0: rice wine and put vinegar in it." <laughs> something Which, sorry, like that. sorry, um, Jenny, doesn't work. I thought right. she
1: just said get rice and stick in wine and vinegar. I'm sure Rita's got plenty of her. Uh... Of wine at Yeah,
0: if you don't have any rice wine vinegar, oh, a gin woman. you really can just substitute white wine vinegar or cider vinegar. And if you don't have either of those, just throw yourself in the
2: dustbin. Well,
1: Rita knows who to ring up now, <laughs> next time she wants some cooking advice. <laughs> so anyway, first in our Good Samaritans um, uh, scenario, we have Jenny walking past... She's got her iPod, her AirPods in, hasn't she? Oh, That's she was sweet.
0: having a great time being a high fluen executive, but only ever speaking to Rita on the phone. <laughs> um,
1: so she kind of has a look at Jeff menacing um, uh, Elaine and uh, Elaine's last Bill over in the gin and just carries over to the Rovers. She's got more important things to be getting she's on with. She's got stuff to do. And later on, uh, Faye does as well, doesn't she? I can't remember. Yeah, Faye comes along later. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff is saying, is telling her that you need to bug her off. And she says, "Well, we'll see what the courts have got to say when we've, when they find out what you're really like." And he says, "Look, you're not Tim's mum. You gave on that, gave up on that when you abandoned him." So he confirms to us, the audience, that yes, this is definitely, definitely true, and he knows it's true. This is what Faye's um, watching in on. I don't know what on earth she thought that she saw there. I mean, she said she says later, doesn't she, when they go back home? Oh, I saw him speaking to somebody. I think I was on Wednesday. I saw him speaking to someone, but I don't. Would you? Th- would you go over? Maybe like, find what's you wouldn't go over, what's going on there.
0: You wouldn't go over because the certain there's a certain air of authority that patriarchs confer in the family, don't they? And I think that Jeff is certainly an intimidating person. Yes, but I mean, I don't think you'd think Faye's that... a
1: bit of a, a feisty one. You'd, I would have thought that maybe she would have imagined Elaine was. You know, having a go at him, and she'd want to go over there and protect her granddad, who she knows the whole world is against at the moment. But anyway, we mate. We'll
0: never know, will we?
1: May- maybe. What are teenage girls like getting back to?
0: She's got to go back to reorganise her Backstreet Boys cassettes.
1: That's, that's exactly it. So did
0: Backstreet Boys come out on cassette? Yes. Probably
1: not. Anyway, Sally comes into the Rovers later for hot pots and seeds. wine. Ali is there too, and, and Ryan. Sally, hey, it turns what?
0: When, sorry. It's alright. When, when Sally came in to buy her hot pot and wine, I thought that sounds great.
1: That's, that's what we're having for dinner. Yeah. So, um,. Turns out Alia tells Ryan that she's not been able to make any contact with Elaine today. Mm, how weird. And Jenny says, What does this Elaine look like exactly? And when she hears she a description. looked like a
0: frightened rabbit woman.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Oh, I saw a frightened rabbit woman in her <laughs> warren around the side of the pub <laughs> yeah. I, I saw her having a, an argument with, with Jeff. Ed didn't look friendly, but you know, I do not want to say anything. Do you want to
0: say anything about the, the coercive control domestic abuser menacing a small lady?
1: Yeah. It wasn't Yasmeen, so I thought, none of my business.
0: Can't be asked for this.
1: Anyway, end of the episode, we have Jeff pulling up back on the street in his car. He's taking a lane, it looks like, on a nice little trip somewhere. And poor woman's lost her phone. So he's going to store it, well, just the SIM card for safekeeping, down in the drain in the middle of the street. (laughs) Hmm. I love
0: the way he did this. took her phone, took the SIM card out and just got rid of it. And that's the
1: last we see of Elaine this week. Sinister. So Wednesday, Sally starts off in a bit of a pensive mood. She's trying to figure out... She, she, she knows, really, doesn't she? There's not a whole lot more thinking that needs to be done there. She knows exactly what's been going on here. It's just, how can I convince Tim to believe me? Well,
0: don't marry they have an a, idiot.
1: They have an argument over Elaine again, basically. Alia, meanwhile, is trying to phone up Elaine, still not getting any response, saying it's out of service. Then we have a weird scene with Ryan, and I, I think I know why he was doing this, but he was phoning up streetcars, wasn't he? Putting on a dodgy Irish accent that sounds like he's got off his grandad, Barry, to say if Tim's there and straight away Tim's like, is that you, Ryan? I thought this <laughs> was... It stumbles to, to hang up as quickly as he can.
0: I thought this was a tribute to Jude. <laughs> why? Because Jude,
2: because
0: it's played by Paddy McGin. No, who's it played by? Oh, am
2: Paddy McGinn, it's Paddy Wallace. Oh,
0: Paddy Wallace, who's as Irish as you can be. Yes. And, um, also a massive a, liar notorious liar the, it, act, the character not the actor <laughs> <laughs> although he does lie for a living so. that's all
1: acting that is, isn't yeah. it I, I believe that he was just trying to find out whether Tim was at streetcars so that Aliad yes. could go around Sally's house to try and you know put their heads together or about have, something. We, have
0: you got any cars going to places that I need to get to like down to the Brook Begar. Tipper
1: area I hear it's a long way there She'll go that far. <laughs> so Sally goes around to... No, Alia goes around to Sally, sorry, and they, they say, right, let's get to the police station. So they go over, give DS Abney a total exposition dump when everything that's been going on recently. And she's... She, I still think that she suspects Jeff because he's been... Um,
0: she's useless now. He, I was all about DS Fringe McBangs, but she's let me down.
1: Because Jeff went round to her recently and was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to... Um, drop yasmine in it when her trial comes up and she's like why why not and now she's hearing all this and she's like oh, just no evidence unfortunately so they they go off on the hunt for a little bit more speed dial time faye asked jeff who was that woman then and um that um th- that you were having an argument with yesterday and his lie that he comes up on the spot with was very topical somebody who coughed on me and then they got we got ratty at each other because she couldn't keep her social distance and she seems she seems to fall for it for a little bit i have
0: to say if you did this for every person in the greater manchester area also anybody who's not wearing a face mask on the tram you wouldn't ever get anything done
1: no you just have to you have to just put every up we giving person. them evil evil stares
0: you can't do it with a face mask on it looks like
1: you're smiling. <laughs> um, so anyway, Abney then arrives at Speed Dial, and Jeff's like, "Oh, what's happened now?" So he um, is—he's. I think Harley is um, buggered off at this point. Oh no, it was Fay. Sorry, it was Fay. Did I say Alia, Earlier? earlier? Fay asked Jeff did, who this woman it, was. You say. Yeah, Jeff lies to his granddaughter and tells her that it was some woman that coughed That's on right, her. Some, he yeah, some festering pool of corona splattered all over him
0: Corona lady
1: Faye goes off during this police interview and then comes back in to overhear Jeff saying, no, I didn't speak to anybody in the Abbey at the alley. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He, he, he confir- reconfirms all his lies. He says, oh, yeah, my first wife, she died of breast cancer in 1970-something. Whoever's tell- telling all these tales about her who's still been alive didn't must be start- just playing a cruel trick on me. Poor innocent Jeff.
0: Didn't he start this nonsense about she moved to Spain and died there?
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, she's died over I in Spain. I hate it when
0: people do that.
1: I wonder whether that's going to... um like, will there be records? Maybe not no, from 1970-something. No, they don't have them in Spain,
0: Michael. <laughs> it's, everybody knows this. In Spain, if you die, they just push you over the border to
1: uh, France. Fine. And go, Whoa. Roll you over the Pyrenees. Anyway, Faye overhears Abney's summary at the end of this, and she's like, what was all that about? And, she's, and he says, go and ask your stepmother. In fact, don't. But he gives, he gives Faye some evils from the kitchen after that, because he knows that she's heard something that she shouldn't have done. Well, he
0: doesn't want it, to
1: Yeah. So back at home, Tim and Sally are arguing yet again about Jeff and then Faye says, oh, about this, about this woman in the street and says, oh, I, yeah, I saw Jeff and the woman arguing in the street. Jeff comes in, cross that he's now been questioned by the police again. Sally's having none of this. She says, well, it's your own fault. You're a massive liar. You're lying to the police. You're lying to Tim. Now you're lying to Faye because you told her that, that you were arguing with somebody or you, you didn't deny you were denying to somebody. You lied to somebody and now it's just like you're saying something else to the police. It's time you tell the truth, Mister. Right.
0: So then the scene cuts to Friday, but only present are Tim, Sally, and Jeff. Not, not Faye. Not there.
1: No, I think Faye was just kind of popping up in the background at the Faye's end of Wednesday's like, episode. The
0: latest guys, my Backstreets boys CDs. I'm not going to clean themselves.
1: <laughs> so it seems like Jeff is struggling to find a way out of this one. He he says, I think his excuse is that this coughing woman. T- he realized afterwards that he
0: he's full of crap he's I like, can't remember what his excuse was but
1: Sally's not on any Don't. of it Tim falls through it hook line and sinker he says oh yeah I didn't realise that this coughing woman She. it turned out that she was the one that's been causing all the <laughs> grief so she coughed on me and then I, I said hang off. on a minute I recognise that, that sounds no that sounds like a cough of somebody who spreads not only corona but malicious lies about me and I, whatever t- Tim who was willing to accept any falsity that comes out of his dad's mouth falls for this but
0: you've heard of the sunk cost fallacy right
1: which one's that
0: this is where you you do stuff like say you have a car and it's always breaking down and you buy or how about a laptop that breaks because some idiot pours water on it and you take it to the shop but it costs you 150 quid to fix it and then yeah let's say the battery starts to break as well yes and you think to yourself, oh, I can't get a new one because I've already paid 150 quid to get this repaired. I, I better, I get, exactly I better spend about. more money on getting it repaired because you've already put money into it. Mm-hmm. That actually would make more sense just to buy a new laptop at this point. And I think that that something similar is happening here with with Tim, where he's thinking, oh, I believe th- I believe this and I believe that, so I might as well believe this, that, and the other thing as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Don't come this far now. I can't if, if I were to admit he was lying that would make me look stupid <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> I don't
0: think it's exactly the same thing but
1: um, anyway Alia finds out that Yasmin needs a heart bypass so that's going to keep her out of action for a little while longer and the and trial will be delayed
0: dramatic isn't it seemingly
1: indefinitely I yeah. don't
0: know very much about heart bypasses but I would not have thought that Yasmin would I wouldn't want one myself um,
1: but I could probably do with one cat- my if my own heart cat-net. was going to you know, fall to bits
0: that's what you get when you eat a murdered chicken. So, this is
1: when Alia gives very slim Craig a call to check out what the police are up to. And he
0: is so so svelte, I just can't get over it. it
1: looks absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Turn sideways you can see him. I like how he says, Look, I'm not, you can't just phone up, phone me up every time you want to know what the police are up to.
0: What Craig, you don't want to be in it. <laughs> he's gonna be, he's gonna, he just
1: tells everything, doesn't he? He's not really. I'm sure he's an excellent police officer, but he's not he's, so good at keeping details of it? his cases.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, if he, if, he wasn't, if he wasn't spilling the beans on the police operations, he wouldn't be in it, so he can shut up, can't he? <laughs> um,
1: anyway, he says, look, give it a couple of days, and if you don't hear anything from Elaine, because by the way, Jeff's still claiming there was no woman, I'm going to have another word with I'm my detective mates. I don't really see the point that that seems. Just, there were a few scenes in tonight's episode, like Carla with her recorder, that still seemed a little bit fillerish.
0: I would love to see a detective murder mystery show starring Craig Tinker and Pam Hobsworth. Mm. I, that's all I need that, to that's say. That's it. Fine. That's all I need to say because that's a stunning combination. Okay, we'll put even that Even though they never met on screen.
1: Meanwhile, Sally still won't give up trying to get Jeff to spill the beans about what's been going on. And Tim's like, "That's enough." He's there. He's brooding away, isn't he, in the front of the, yeah. the front of the scene? And you can tell he's thinking it. The, the little the little cogs are, are whirring. The
0: hamsters get, got. Yeah,
1: up. It totally is, and he's like, "That's that's enough of that." So They're normally so, nocturnal, so this is
0: quite a thing. Sally
1: makes Jeff go and says, "Tim, look, you just gotta wake up." And says, so, "Tim says, don't make me choose between him and you."
0: Oh, now that's a thing to say, isn't it?
1: And it is, he's like basically saying at this point, whatever my dad says, he is my dad and blood thicker than water and all that. And, and it's all, and yeah, I can't whatever, whatever lies he spends, I can't turn my back on him because he's yep. my dad. I do feel sorry for him. because you, I
0: feel sorry for Tim, yeah.
1: Because, I mean, Tim's known this guy and who has been, you know, a fairly decent dad to him. I mean, you know, there's been a few you know, issues.
0: <laughs> there's been a few... Dog. There's been a few bits where perhaps not been a fantastic dad. But
1: after fifty years, it must be impossible to turn your back on somebody. And you would, you just believe it all, wouldn't you? Especially if you're, you're a bit simple like Tim, and you.
0: Tim's not really got very much going on in the higher cognitive regions of his brain. No, he'd
1: rather just he just He's rather like, have a happy life and believe him. A
0: pint and a pie, leave me alone. Yep.
1: So Jeff goes up to Alia, who's doing a sweeping outside speed dial. <laughs> I quite like that scene. They end up arguing again. There's there's lots of arguing with Jeff this week. She ends up whacking her broom against yeah, the wall. Yeah, just like a plucky. Well, she's said, like, all I need is an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. She's like,
0: um, it's like the beginning of a kung fu
1: movie. I know. I want to see her like do a do a spin of it and.
0: Yeah, like start thwacking it. What does she
1: do? Yeah, thwacking him this way, that way, like poke him in like the tummy th- button with the with the with the blunt end.
0: Like it's a bow.
1: Yeah, although I don't know whether there's a sharp end to a broom, I assume not. Although it if Alia, a sharp end maybe to if a Alia pen. pulls her the pulls the head off the broom, then it's 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 jagged.
0: And if this was like a proper food she would pull the head off the broom and then sharpen the point on on the cobbles.
1: Yeah. Anyway, she starts saying she she, she knows that he's had something to do with Elaine's disappearance, and he kind of denies doing anything, but he does. <laughs> He does say, well, look, if you want, you can find out what kind of man I am, just like she did. So he, just he like did Elaine a, did. Yeah, like Elaine did. So he does a bit of Gary, doesn't he? He was, he was also not really denying that he killed Rick.
0: I'm surprised... Jeff is
1: pretty much admitting to Alia here that, yes, I know what's happened to, to Elaine.
0: I'm surprised he didn't go, don't worry about Elaine. She's safe as houses. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's gonna. I want this to be a bit like of, um, I don't know a, a bit like with the, you know when Phelan shot Luke and he's like, you wanted to find Andy. Well now you're gonna go and see him or something like yeah. that. And it's like you're going the same way as Elaine if you don't shut up, earlier Come on, Jeff. you will be your best Where friend. Where the
0: Jeff. hell are you catch man?
1: Back at home. Cause, oh, yeah, because Tim comes in and very handily whisks Jeff away at this point. So Tim's starting to question at this point everything he ever thought about himself. And he is not liking that. And Jeff says, he, he pulls out a p- photo of um, Tessa out of his wallet at this point, of them on holiday we together exist, having a lovely time on the beach. And he's like, so this is your mum. You know this is your mum. I've, this has been your mum all your life. Don't say now that this woman who loved you unconditionally, you're starting to believe that she wasn't. Of course she was. You've got to be on my side, Tim. Everyone's turning against me. And Tim's like, I am on your side, Dad. But you've got to start being more honest with me. And Jeff does like an evil little grin as he goes up the stairs because he knows that he's got Tim back on his side again.
0: I am honestly surprised that Tim knows enough about his mum to know what her actual first name was. Because he seems the sort of person, if you said, Tim, what was your mum's name? He would be like, Mum? What, what do you mean? Her name was Mum.
1: <laughs> yeah. True.
0: Also, just this sort of bloke. He would separate you from your friends so much to the extent that you probably would stop to exist as a separate person. <laughs> and especially if he called her mum. You yeah. know like some parents call each other mum and dad?
1: Yeah.
0: I can imagine Tim growing up not knowing what his mum's first name <laughs> well, was. I was a
1: bit confused about this because I was under the impression that um, things weren't all particularly to happy in the Metcalf household when Tim was growing up. and Because we haven't heard a whole lot about Tessa before now, but I thought that Jeff was basically saying she was a massive waste of
0: he space. He said this before, she was an alcoholic as well. Yeah. But I think I think the point he's making is... And also, again, it's another example of, of Jeff trying to manipulate the situation where he's he said before and he's gone on record saying... Tessa was an awful person. She was an alcoholic, she was abusive, she was terrible, blah, blah, blah. But he's still trying to defend this woman to Tim. Mm. So that's kind of giving him a bit of street cred here too. Like, oh, even though this woman was was not very nice to me, she was still a great mum to you, or she loved you at least. Because you can be a terrible person and still love somebody. I mean, yeah. that's what, you know, that's what Jeff and Yasmin are going oh, through. I mean,
1: Tessa's definitely dead now, I assume. Um, I wonder when the last time that she was in contact with Tim was. Don't know. Anyway, moving on. Sally, at the end of the episode, finds Tim having another brood in the cab cab office and says, again, you've got to say the truth about this. He says, no, I've, I've, I've decided I'm going to be sticking with Jeff. I'm going to let the police do their job. I'm keeping out of the Elvis, and, and you need to as well. And Sally's like, No, let, let's just go and find Elaine. And he's like, No, I'm not interested. So, when and then she, um, she leaves, he finds a letter on the floor. And this is the letter that Elaine brought round to the cab office last week when she was talking to him. And she'd written her phone number on her, hadn't she? Yes, she is. It was, it's, it's got a, her address on one side and her phone a number on the bill, back. Yeah.
0: Which she has had delivered to her house. So, it's got her address and name on it. But she used it to write her phone number, which now will not work because Tim has taken her SIM card.
1: Jeff has taken her SIM card.
0: Je- Jeff. And so Tim, surely, she'll have no choice but to visit the address next week, one would hope.
1: But the, the image that we're left with at the end of today's episode is him screwing up the envelope and checking it in the bin.
0: I don't think that will last very long at all.
1: Do you not? Do you think he's... Do you he's think... going
0: to pick it out of the bin.
1: I don't know. Unless I
0: think what What... That's a complete dead end then what's the Well point I, of I, being I was in
1: wondering there? whether I don't know I, I I was wondering like was today's episode just like just round in circles and no development with the plot there because I was almost thinking that this was going to be the point when Tim you know decides I'm going to be on team Sally now but it seems I
0: don't think
1: it, this is a red herring. I suppose it I suppose the point of today's episode that sh- shows that Tim is um able to be you know manipulated onto Oh, no, no. Convinced. Sorry to to come over to Sally's side, but he just needs a little bit more, and yeah, a little bit more convincing to to stay there for good.
0: What the thing? The thing that I think people might be missing is what is Elaine offering Tim to make him go from believing Jeff to believing Elaine? Yeah, no she hasn't got Nothing. anything that he wants. There's, the truth is painful, and for Tim to admit that she's his mum, he's also now going to have to admit that Jeff is the victim in what's happened between him and Yasmeen, and that's going to just destroy a found, the foundation of his. Mm. He'd rather just be blissfully ignorant, wouldn't they? There's literally no reason for him to believe this. It might be compelling to everybody else from the outside, but what reason would you really have? And and I know that they said, Oh, you know, well what you know, why would she lie? What would she have to gain? All Tim had to say was she was my ex girlfriend and you don't know why he didn't do this. Jeff. Oh,
2: sorry <laughs>
0: If Jeff had said yeah, this woman was my girlfriend before we before I had you and we got together after you after your mum died, you know, just make out she's always been in and out of his life and she's always trying to mess with him and, and try and ruin things and she said crazy stuff before and, you know, you can make up any load of lies you wanted to make it look as though she's the crazy one and she's always lying because I said before, I think I said last week, like, why would anyone lie about this? But actually, if you think about it, there are people who get obsessed with other people and... You can imagine Jeff doing this to Yasmeen, actually. If you, if you look to the future, you can just imagine Yasmeen getting herself a nice little rose, rosy cottage with a thatched roof and a nice sort of um, retired professor husband pottering around the garden and then suddenly Jeff rocks up out of nowhere and starts lying about all this kind of stuff that Yasmeen, you know, chucks mm. him in prison and all this, you know, lied about him beating her up. The, the, there, there are people who are this loony, mm. and Jeff is one of them, so...
1: I think it's still going to be gnawing away at Tim, though, but I, 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 I'm not sure about this letter. because What's I mean, the point
0: of having it? Why, why would it be just in to, there? Just
1: to symbolise, no, I'm not having anything more yeah, to do with that. Yeah, about I'm throwing it away. Yeah, I suppose so. Everyone
0: had forgotten what it was. People on Twitter are like, what's this letter? I don't know what this letter is.
1: I mean, I suppose... Um, Sally could come in and find it in the bin, or or Faye, yeah, or Steve, true. or someone like that, or, or Eileen, because doesn't Eileen still work there? And she's kind of on Sally's side, isn't she?
0: Most people, really, at the moment, the only people on Jeff's side are Tim and Faye.
2: Hmm.
0: Everyone Although else is either if, on the fence or they've decided he's a liar.
1: I suppose if Eileen found the letters, she's got no reason to don't know who to is. remark. No, no. So what do you think? What do you think's happened to Elaine? Oh, I don't think she's, she's dead. She's not dead, is she? We've I would seen love this, it if she was dead. Two, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't want Jeff to go down the murdery route.
0: But, really, she's such a good, great actress, They would be, it would be silly of them to kill her off so early in the storyline. Mm. Um, I, I honestly just think that Jeff just drove somewhere, stuck his finger in her face and went, I'm going to ruin your life if you try and ruin my life and you know I can do it and you don't have the guts to, to do what it takes to get me back for mm. everything I've done to you snatches her phone off her and says, you never contact me or my family again. You don't speak to Tim. You don't speak to Sally. You don't come back to Weatherfield. If I ever see you again, I'm going to do to you what I'm going to do to your SIM card.
1: <laughs> Throw it down the drain. Throw you down the drain. <laughs> do you think that's literally what it was? Because I was wondering. It. The only thing that was making me think that maybe he has you know, done away with her is how, how has he got the phone?
0: Because he just took the phone off her and went, you... Are not allowed to come near me or my family again, and I'm taking your phone off you. What are you going to do about it? And honestly, if you're so scared of him, and but he is, is physically intimidating anyway, and he, you know, he's he's a man, she's an she's a woman, he could he could still probably do some serious physical damage to her. Mm. If he takes her phone off of her and just goes, you know, what now? What are you going to do? And she literally goes, there's nothing I can do. That would make her then think, yeah, what can I, what do I think can I can really do here?
1: They, they did enough to show that she was very, very hesitant about coming forward, didn't they? So if, yeah. if he did just say that kind of stuff But seriously, to if
0: you've been abused by somebody for years and years and years, and then you pluck up the courage to come and try and confront them, and then just take your phone off you and go, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And you're like, nothing. You would then have your spirit crushed and not want to. Mm.
1: But I mean, I wonder how he got her in the car because there were countless people walking past at opportune moments don't get in her. the car. There were, I, thought, I, said, oh, I think that somebody would see that. I'm just, maybe I'm just used to is, Coronation Street to everybody happening to see listen, things and seeing
0: women have gone have, have been murdered by people they don't even know in. By being told to do stuff, because we are so in, so ingrained in us to be polite and not make a fuss and not not draw attention to ourselves or be polite and likable, women are murdered because we're too nice and Elaine if she if she's intimidated enough to the point at which she was too scared to even think and Jeff told her to get in the car, she probably would do mm. so it he's... takes a lot of Really conscious effort to undo decades worth of not just people pleasing in general, but doing what Jeff told you to do.
1: Mm.
0: It's like brainwashing.
1: I think. I think another. Re- I think other reasons why he can't have killed her is, for one, it'd be a seriously risky thing to do at the moment. He knows that the police are being informed about Elaine. He knows that Sammy is like a dog with a bone. Um, if he was. At, If he killed her, then I don't know how we'd be able to lie his way out of that one. But equally, I'm also wondering, what about Elaine's other friends and family? Surely they'd notice that she was missing. She's got a whole life. For the past 50 years, she's led a completely different life. And you can't just pluck someone out of that and and hope that nobody's going to notice that she's gone.
0: I would hope that she had moved on to a...
1: A less abusive relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether she you said whether, whether she was she, in, a, yes. in a relationship but at the moment. I wanted to be. I wanted to be getting out with some big beefy guy who comes and just pummels Jeff in.
0: Um,
1: I, I, to be honest, I think that she's. I, I think that she's just going to show up at the trial. I'm. You, you say that Jeff's going to go around to find a house next week. It Tim. Would, t- Oh my gosh, why are we doing this? How can we confuse Tim and Jeff? I don't know. I, I've got a feeling that we might not see her until the I trial and she's going to show up and, and give the the damning evidence that needed. Anything
0: that's happened between between Jeff and Elaine to stop her from turning back up on the street, whatever he did to get her phone off her, we are never going to find this out. We're just going to have to put together what happened. Mm. You know...
1: Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much Alia, because she seems intent on finding Elaine, I wonder how easy it would be to track her down, because she surely she could yeah, do a bit of Googling, whatever. I don't know how hard it is to track people down that you're really Elaine intent Jones on finding. Elaine Jones is
0: not a very, very. It's not exactly a standout name, is it?
1: No, that's true. I don't there know. must
0: be loads of Elaine Jones. Mm and she, and I think that the envelopes that she lived in Bolton. Yeah, it did. So it's not even like Alia can go, well, she must be from Manchester. Yeah, it must be in Like, film, you don't yeah. know where she's, she could be from anywhere. Mm. So even, even if she found an Elaine Jones in Bolton, how would she know that was the right one?
1: Yeah. Mm. Interesting stuff. And
0: also, if you think about it, if she does have friends and family, they probably would know of what she was up to. So if a random woman comes going, oh, you? I'm looking for Elaine Jones, you know who she is, they probably would go, no, I don't know who she is, go away. Rather than...
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose that we've got to remember as well, though, that Craig did say that he was going to chase this missing Elaine up after a few days if she doesn't turn up. Does so that
0: Well, yeah, there you go then. The, the letter could be a complete red herring, but I think it isn't.
1: But they... I'm just trying to think. that the, the, Elaine hasn't spoken to the police, has she? No. So they're not going to necessarily know exactly who she is either. As all they know is that she is a person called Elaine Jones, but and used to be called Philippa Jett. I don't know.
0: I don't know.
1: We'll we'll find out. I'm sure this will continue. Right. Okay. Let's let's do the Gary story then. Let's move on, Gemma. What's what you been up to this week? The bad lad.
0: So he's still in hospital at the beginning of the week, and Sarah goes to visit him, and with a mask. Yeah, she's got her mask on, and she she says, "Don't want him to be. I don't want you to be sent down." But what you've done is wrong. Naughty.
1: I.e. killing Rick.
0: And then she brings up the this, this elephant in the room that's been sort of...
1: Well, this in, is what we were talking about last week on the podcast. The fact that
0: he knows what happened when Callum died. So that live episode all those years ago when Kylie killed Callum with a, with a wrench in the Platt house because he was trying to rape sarah this has been a secret that was kept went went to the grave with kylie but but both david and and sarah were there so they know what happened and and gary does as well so he points out that what i've done what i've done is no worse than what you did when you pinned callum's murder on tony because the official story as we've mentioned previously is still that Tony, Tony aka Jason's dad, was the one who killed Callum, mm. the drug dealer. So she says immediately, "What are you trying to blackmail me?" And he says, "I'd never do that to you." And she suddenly realizes that there's more just at stake here than she. And she doesn't know really if she can trust him. Why would he bring it up if he has no intention of using it? I I genuinely think he thinks that he wouldn't blackmail her but I do think that when the chips were down he probably would
1: if he had to to save his own skin
0: yeah um so
1: she, she leaves and he starts um, pulling all his
0: oh his, his, his cannulas uh, off yeah,
1: cannulas and his blah, 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 blah. Yeah.
0: at home Adam tells Sarah that Maria says that she was at the hospital and he's like really really suspicious of, about why she was there because yeah, she, she at first lied she, yeah, she's about where she was, was and he's like where were you where were you and then a police officer turns up. This was really fascinating because Sarah is a <laughs> terrible liar. She's
1: awful, but, but that's she... really, really in character. We've seen her be an awful liar in the past. She's... Tina's very good at acting like somebody who's look totally shifty.
0: I think she thinks she's a, she's a good liar, but she really isn't. Yeah. So she's sitting there on the sofa. The police officer's interrogating her, and Adam's sitting in the background, draped around a, a chair, sort of like watching her like a hawk. She's answering all these questions in like a really clumsy way. And she recounts the, the, she recounts what happened, but then the police, the detective, picks holes in what, her, what she said.
1: And it's like Sarah thinks that she's got a watertight story, yeah. <laughs> doesn't she? In the release, and the, like, she's like,
0: oh yeah, right. I ran across the road and then I was running for my tram and then Gary saved my life. And everything's fine now. And the police officer was like, Well, you were on the phone to the police when you got hit. So, because the nine oh nine call, the the person on the other end of the phone heard you get heard Gary get run over by a car. So explain that. And Adam's like, Yeah, explain that. So then she says, Oh no, I, that reminds me <laughs> actually, you know what? <laughs> what happened was I re I thought that someone was stealing my car. So I was on the phone to try to report that. Um but and I about forgot because, about that, yeah. because I'm in shock. And the police officer's like
1: aha uh-huh. You're in shock,
0: Adams. Adams, like well, the, the police like,
1: officer is doing a, a fairly good job of pretending to believe her. I think the
0: police officer is probably thinking, I don't know what the hell's going on here or why this crazy lunatic is lying, but it's more paperwork than I can be bothered to do in August. So <laughs> she says, you know, it's you know, it's a crime to lie to the police, and Sarah's like, huh? Wow, that would be good if I was lying, but I'm not. Isn't it odd that Gary's there? Uh, maybe, I don't see, know.
1: See, that thing, I would say, no, it's not odd that Gary's there. He's
0: there all the time. Everyone's when always it, every everyone's there. Everyone's
1: always there, just at an opportune moment in Coronation Street. So I think that, I, I wouldn't count that. But yeah, the whole 999 call What the should have,
0: What the hmm. police woman should have said was, so Gary was there. Were you having a conversation about him that so he wasn't over here at the time because that, that would totally explain, explain his
1: presence uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway the police lady's like look I don't know what you were up to but I'm going to assume it was a weird sex thing <laughs> 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 I'm going and then once she leaves Adam says now she's gone you can tell me the truth but I don't think
1: she ever does well, no, she she. Can't. She just
0: kind of weasels out of it. She's like, "Oh, do not you like a woman with an air of mystery? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was sexy." <laughs> um, so at the flat, Gary. Then this was quite. <laughs> this is hilarious.
1: This is funny in our house, not in yeah. our house, in our in our Airbnb flat.
0: So Gary Gary writes and writes and um, addresses envelopes and carefully arranges them on their lovely breakfast bar. <laughs> and one of them says Nicola. One of them says Maria. And then I say, Who's 1224? Two, two, What's that? 1224. Do you think that's, is that like the code to his, his safe and houses of... thing? And you're like, It says Izzy. I was like, Oh, oh Izzy. <laughs>
1: it did, we then we had to rewind it, didn't it? It did look quite like 1224. It two, really two, four. did look like 1224.
0: But that's now her Remember code. Remember Izzy? Name. Remember her? I didn't. <laughs> so it looks as though he's written a series of either suicide notes, I, I don't assume no. so. Or I, just explanations, or perhaps just like, you know, Maria, please remember, you must use up the marmalade before you open the jam, or whatever it is.
1: I, I do wonder what it was. But anyway... Because it was he... Oh no, I, let's just talk about that. Because, well, was, was it confessions? Was it, it, Was he about to go on the run? Because he discharged himself from hospital, hadn't he? Because he knows that Sarah kind of wants to tell the truth, and maybe will. So Yeah,
0: so this is him fresh from the hospital. Was he about to go
1: and join Todd in the Woods?
0: Yeah, he's going to be a um a woodman.
1: Mm, I, I wonder whether I had know how he had time to write all these letters. But. It's
0: probably, to be honest, Gary's not a deep thinker. It's probably not like an elaborately styled confession full of philosophical ponderings. Mm. Like, I killed Rick, see you later. Yeah.
1: Keep the watch. I can't believe that he'd be so quick to give up on his two children, though.
0: Uh, he's such an Poor involved Zach dad. and the other one. Exactly. He's not Jake. a very involved father
1: is <laughs> He's he? Really not he maybe stuffed a few fibers He's in probably, each envelope for them and so-
0: maybe each envelope contained like Christmas cards and birthday cards up until the age they turn 18 maybe, maybe. I, want,
1: I really would like for those cards to show up at some point
0: they might there do. needs to be a
1: mass envelope finding in next week's Corridor. we need to find Lane's envelope we need to find these envelopes. I would love it if I wonder who, who would these. be the
0: most dramatic person to read them out. One, two, two, four.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think that, um, I mean, it'd be handy if Gary, I'm sure he would love to find, put his hands on these.
0: Gary?
1: Uh, sorry, Adam would love, would love to put his hands on these. Or Imran, because he's been strangely absent he from this story. He's, I don't care about this
0: anymore. Um, I've got a kid to foster. So anyway, yeah, this was, this is very interesting. I hope he has... Well, for his sake, I hope he's disposed of these in a...
1: At the top of a bin somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so for no, our, that I would, all would the be for our sake. Yes. Anyway,
0: Adam comes in and he quickly... Gary quickly grabs all... Well, he doesn't see the envelopes and Gary gets rid of them after this scene. But he comes in and says, were you with Sarah before the incident? And he's like, no. And then Adam says... Sarah, I don't know why he does this. It seems really crazy to me. Adam goes, Gary, don't worry about anything. Sarah lied for you. Don't know why. Just thought you'd like to know. Okay, bye.
1: Thanks. He he he. Basically, yeah, he doesn't really believe Sarah, does he? This but was he, really. This he made tells no him, sense. Sarah saying what you're saying. This so, made no hmm. sense.
0: This really made no sense. Adam's far too clever to have done something like this. This is just clumsy writing. Why would Adam go around and tell Adam tell Gary something that's good that's information that Gary needs to know that he did not know previously? Good point. It didn't make any sense. So he's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." So then Gary takes the letters back. Bernie sees Adam in the shop and notices that he's got this watch, and she's like, "Oh, I thought your watch no, no, was no, broken." It's,
1: no, it's not. He's got a new watch. She spots on his wrist this. This is. She sees his old watch with the broken clasp. Oh, it's fixed. Yeah, and he's,
0: that's what I mean. Yeah, he's got his old watch on. she's yeah. he is broken, and she says, "Oh, watch out!" Because Sarah's bought you a new watch.
1: That's right. That's yeah.
0: Right. Then he goes home and asks Sarah about his watch, and she she's again. She just goes, "Yeah, like, uh, what happened was, <laughs> um, she... was that um, I got a watch from like Bernie, and like I was like, oh." Oh, this is rubbish. I was gonna give it to David as like a joke because like me and David, I don't know if your name's know us, but we're always buying each other joke presents.
1: She and Jeff are like totally opposite ends of the I scale know. about plausible lies that so, they come so, up with.
0: So then, but then I thought no, and then I just took it to a charity shop. <laughs> and he's like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, totally, babe." <laughs> but then, he, but then this is the same voice she uses when. When Adams, you know, goes, so babe, how was that? She's like, yeah, like, that was the best. <laughs> that was the best I've ever had in bed. Like, you are the best lover ever. So he's just like, it's in my interest to believe that this kind <laughs> of voice is completely sincere. <laughs> so anyway, um, so he keeps trying to ask her questions, but she will not say anything, will she? No. On Wednesday, they decide, Adam's like... Um, i just make up with you because it's kind of cute that you can't lie. <laughs> it's how it's kind of handy for me in the future. <laughs> Gary comes into the factory and he says, you know what, everybody, I'm not going to raise the rent after all. I don't want to be that kind of person. And if you want to throw a party, feel free. Adam chases after him and says... No, Sarah
1: chases after him. Sarah, Sarah, I know the names wrong tonight, aren't
0: Sarah chases after him and he says, "Don't you don't have to bribe... No. You, she says you don't have to bribe me because I'm not going to tell anybody. Mm. Then Maria and Peter are there and Carla is talking. They're all they're all like very socially distanced. So it's quite funny. Yeah,
1: Maria's talking about how um nobody's buying furniture at the moment during this pandemic.
0: It's weird. It's weird that nobody wants um a rattan chair with all the rattan falling off. And Carla says it's strange actually because Um, Gary was going to raise the rent, and then he said he wasn't going to so I thought he was doing well and Maria's like what the hell are you talking about? We're not doing very well at all. So this is all a bit odd and on Friday Carla and Peter are talking and Carla's like oh it's very odd that Maria doesn't know what the hell's going on with finances and everything because she seems to think that they're not doing very well, but Gary Gary doesn't want to raise the rent. And Peter's like, don't worry about it. This is boring. And then Adam says, comes in and says that Peter was... What?
1: Adam comes in and, and, and says, oh, I don't know. He tells Peter about... He basically about, just starts... He says, it I've been round now. with Maria about Gary again. And
0: Peter says, shut up about it. Don't worry about it. Don't get involved. Gary com- comes home... And somehow it seems as though the ma- the wedding between Maria and Gary seems pretty imminent. No, Sarah,
1: not Maria. Yes, the the this no. Ad, this is what happened. Adam, sorry, heat the so temperature. Scratch everybody, Adam up. comes into the Rovers and says, "I've been round with Sarah about Gary." What? That's what Adam says. Me and Sarah, we've been having argy about Gary, and Peter How? says, "Look, just leave it."
0: Yeah, see, this is the trouble. I tried to carefully. I, I thought I keep saying the wrong names, so I'm gonna carefully read out what was written here. Yeah, and I it know, turns I out that wrote you wrote the wrong names. thing. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's still true to say that Gary and Maria are getting married, and it seems imminent.
1: It does, but somebody mentioned today that she's not going to be able to get the wedding of her dreams, which I think is supposed to be a reference to who knows what's going on with weddings at the moment. And can you have a wedding in... Party of 30 or more. No, you can't. Yeah. So I think they were just saying that. Which is interesting as well because it also made me think about Tim and Sally's wedding, which I think is supposed to have happened at this point. I mean, they obviously haven't got married on screen, but I thought that they were setting those to work to have a kind of a late spring wedding. And I don't think it's been mentioned about when they're supposed to be. It get...
0: ain't spring anymore.
1: No, and, and I don't yeah. think that they're in any particular mood to catch married at the moment. I they're don't not...
0: think that it would be a wise move. Really
1: no, so I, I'm, ca- I'm kind of wondering at the moment whether this wedding between Sally and Tim is just going to get quietly forgotten, you know, about. forgotten about and shoved under the just carpet, like and we're just and fizz? No, well they were never supposed to get married, and I think they're still not supposed to be married, but I'm thinking of more like um, Kirk and Beth, who never officially got married again after the whole bigamy debacle, did they? Debacle Debacle. Anyway, I, that's think, what I think
0: yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Gary and Maria. Yeah, it seems and like the, the fact wedding that is Gary up is talking about people. getting a, a best man makes me think that this is actually. I don't know why this kind of snuck up on me, but I think it's because in Corey, people get engaged all the bloody time and then don't do anything about it. Mm. So Maria is starts to confront him about the fact that she knows that he didn't he nixed the the rent raise and she accuses him of doing it because he is in love with sarah and she he says no that's not true i just felt bad about the fact of losing money and he talks about the fact that you know we're going through a global pandemic and nobody's buying knickers and he felt bad about them probably going through i mean it would be you'd have to be a spectacularly uh awful person to raise the rent on a business and not really it, it even is, it is somewhat
1: Ebenezer Scroogey isn't it
0: so he says yeah I've just felt really bad about it and also because Nick's going through a bad time with Ollie I don't know if you've heard about that that seems pretty bad don't you think <laughs>
1: Maria seems to buy this. Maria's
0: just like... And he, he okay, like, babe. gives her some flannel about how wonderful she is and what a fantastic, you know, and he's... Oh, I loved Sarah, but I love him even more and all that rubbish. And then Sarah go, goes home and she and Adam are chatting about the factory and then Sarah goes, oh, isn't it great? We've had a whole conversation. We haven't mentioned Gary once. Immediately jinxing the whole thing.
1: Mm. Um, so do you think that Maria has been convinced now Is she she heard all that she needs to hear from, from Mr Windass?
0: Oh, I don't bloody know. I think that
1: she's fairly... She's not, again, a bit like Tim. She's not the brightest spark. But and also... It seems com- very convenient to her to believe this guy much. who has been showering her in gifts and arranging uh, and this wedding and everything. It, it's more trouble than it's worth to you know, try and pick holes in his stories.
0: Yeah, very much like with Tim, it is not to her benefit to probe... Mm. because the, the truth is very convenient
1: yeah it still feels I mean, like the it,
0: truth is very convenient
1: it still feels like it could end up going down some kind of love triangle route particularly with adam and sarah's incredibly shaky relationship at the moment which was never particularly rock solid They're to not begin with any
0: effort in at all are they
1: no like a, a few like a month ago he was there whining and dining laura nealon and now she's It feels like she's still got some feelings for Gary because she's just lying to her husband for him. He's there almost trying to investigate her from the background. Who's he? Adam. I must say, I'm really enjoying watching Adam throughout all of this. I'm going back and forth as the the week's gone about whether I like Adam or not. And this week, I think he's been great. Just in the back of shots going, "Hmm," hmm, basically.
0: yeah. I really, really loved his expression yeah. when the police officer was interrogating Sarah about the accident and he was like, this is going to be good.
2: Mm.
1: So he doesn't believe her. She, she's going to she, she, I would think that she, she has found out kind of about Laura. I don't know how much more there is to find because he, well, he didn't tell her everything, did he? And I think he would have gone further with Laura... If he thought it would have been in his, it would have been beneficial to him if he would have, if he'd have got to Rick through her or found out more about Rick. There's just their, their marriage is holding is being held together by a thread, so it's just I think it's not going to be long before it snaps and she twangs back over to Gary. I think maybe um, around think. the time of when this wedding's supposed to be happening, just throwing putting it out there. Um, anyway, so so that was, hard. I mean, I think we've talked about everything else that's been going on here. Any, any other bits to discuss on this one?
0: Ah, uh, there's, there was a filler story about Kirk oh, yeah. saying that he thought that they should make nightcaps. Oh. Why would you wear a hat in August in bed?
1: <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows what I thought about that story. So and I was there was also no
0: a filler story about how actually Carlo's fantastic, well, she plays the... Flute.
1: The recorder. The recorder. Yeah. What was it that she said that she could play? Beach Boys or something, wasn't it? Monkeys. Daydream Believer. Like, <laughs> I hate it when people... like, Do you know that song, Daydream Believer? What, that really, really famous song that everybody I've knows? I've never
0: heard of the, what, the Monkeys? <laughs> That's a crazy name for a band. What kind of lunatics would call their band the Monkeys?
1: <laughs> so, with this... um,
0: It's t- not like it was on British television every... Freaking Sunday for about ten years. Um,
1: have the police?
0: It's not like Davy Jones was in
1: coronation. <laughs> <laughs> in what was it? Grandson <laughs> or something? <laughs> Do you think that the police are just buying Sarah's story and they don't need to investigate I don't it think further? They care. Because it's like, I don't, well, don't think they care. Everybody involved seems What's to be agreeing mystery? with each other it's here. Like,
0: it's like, what can we prove out of this? Mm. What can we prove? It's a bit weird, yeah. But you know. At, I can imagine being a police officer, the amount of times you'd think to yourself, that's a bit weird, every day, would be enormous.
1: Shall I investigate this further? No. Nah.
0: What, what am I going to get out of it? Paperwork? No thank you.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I mean, what's the crime? She phoned... She, she like... I, I, I said to you that she should pretend to be psychic. Yeah. Because, honestly, that would have made just as much sense. And if she had, like...
1: When she, well, that's why she phoned the uh, the, the police. I could tell that earlier. there was
0: going to be an accident. Like
1: she was so. She comes up with the most bizarre lies. I'm surprised that she didn't say. Something I thought like my
0: that. car was being stolen, and then it wasn't. I forgot also that I thought my car was being stolen because Adam even asked her later, "What do you, what, how, why did you think your car was being stolen?" And she went, "Oh, questions, boring questions. Stop asking me questions." <laughs> But really, she just said I was—I had a psychic premonition that Gary was going to get run over by a car. The police officer would have gone, "Oh, so you're nuts? Okay, cool. I'll just write that down. I'm
1: going." Oh, you're the one that thought that her their son was being was channeling his dead uh, father from yeah. beyond the grave. Oh, well, it says here he it's got, you got he you—you got
0: sectioned. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Tell you what, give me six numbers for Saturday, and if it if it pans out, I'll be back next week. <laughs> But if it doesn't, we'll just call it quits. What do you say?
1: Right, Ollie Wobble's story. We just had a couple of scenes with Toya, Leanne and um, Mandy from Natal on Wednesday's episode. Um, it turns out that Leanne and Nick are looking for a new school for Ollie, And they've also got a fancy new chair for him because he needs one. What
0: is an SEN school? Because I don't special know. Special
1: educational needs. Okay.
0: Because
1: he's a bit behind, and, isn't and he? And
0: in this country, we have special schools, do we? Well,
1: oh, yes, they exist. Not everybody has to, Not everybody with special education needs goes to a uh, an SEN school, but
0: but they are they places. for... bet there
1: are places for them. the children. It, it feels like um, that might be the right place yeah, for Holly at the have moment.
0: like adapted rooms and yeah. more. You get more. Um, more
1: yeah, staff, specialist care per
0: person, and they've got different training and stuff.
1: Exactly. So they want be all a that good for place Ollie. to go. So. um... Outside the shop, this is where Leanne bumps into Mandy from antenatal class, whose life seemed pretty perfect like now. Apart from the fact that she said uh, oh yeah, she, cause she asked Leanne oh, have you had the dreaded Lurgy yet?
0: <laughs> I like the way she said that. Like I don't and think anyone's yeah,
1: my, my husband did. Yeah.
0: My <laughs> yeah. husband's had everything. Just
1: mild symptoms there, so it's fine. But apart from that, my life is brilliant. I've got I've, my, my my son slash daughter. I can't remember is doing amazingly. Going to be a child prodigy. Oh, I've got another baby coming along like shelling peas. Isn't life great when you're also, a mum, Leanne?
0: My firstborn child can play J. and Believer" on the recorder. Yeah, definitely. And does it wearing a nightcap?
1: Mm-hmm. Same with you, Leanne. Yeah, and Ollie, Leanne goes, absolutely.
0: My meta detector's going
1: on. <laughs> um, so Leanne, rather than. You know, Opening up to this woman that she actually barely knows and hasn't seen for three years, um, she just she says, yep, yeah, everything's great. I love everything's this scene. cool." I love. This and then scene. as soon as Mandy's out of the way, Leanne's just she has a little olly wobble of her own, doesn't she?
0: Because you can totally understand it from Leanne's point of view. You're not going to offload on this woman who's just making chit chat and showing off, but Leanne desperately wants those things for herself, and she's lied now. And she probably also feels a bit like she's b- betrayed Ollie because it's not his fault that he's not a child of prodigy and he's not going he's not what she not wants to, him to yeah. be. Yeah. And and she probably feels guilty for lying about it as well mm. because it's betraying her her son. Mm. Even though, it, you know, it's obviously not that, but that's how she feels. And it
1: sounds like what she needs is a bit of counselling from my dear sister Toya, which is exactly <laughs> right. what she gets on Friday. Who comes round, Leanne offloads onto her and and starts saying, oh, I lied about Ollie to this person, what, what kind of mum am I? And Toya says, look...
0: Look, shut up.
1: It's nothing... It's absolutely normal for you to do what you did to Mandy. Um, don't worry about people thinking that you're going to... Don't worry, people. About people thinking that Ollie's different. Who cares what they think? We're we're the ones that count. We're the ones that know him. Me, she you, made Steve, a Nick.
0: About all the neighbours as well. Yeah, have, everybody knows here. how
1: wonderful and special Ollie is. Screw Mandy and anybody else who thinks that he's a bit different.
0: I guess also the other thing was I don't imagine that that Leanne would have been up for explaining to Mandy what was wrong with Ollie and having her. Give her that look of like, oh no, yeah, the so pity. sorry, that's dreadful, anyway, bye, mm, you know. Yeah, yeah. But also equally, what are you supposed to say if somebody, you know, this is the sad and tragic thing, isn't it? All the kind of basic things that you assume, and like even Leanne says it, like, she just takes things for granted, and you can't not really... Because if you if you didn't take things for granted, you'd just be crippled with anxiety all the time. Yeah. You've got to, got to be a bit of taking happy things for granted. Yeah, so I
1: think I think by the end of this, um, Leanne's feeling a bit less guilty for what she said, and then they, they have a little conversation about the fostering again. I'll tell you
0: what I really liked, that um, Toya told Leanne, and that it's okay not to be okay. Yes. I think we all need to remind ourselves of that
1: sometimes. Um, Leanne says to Toya, what, what's going on with your fostering then? And Toya's like, well... Wow. I still didn't think that was really the best time to be doing this at the moment. And Leanne says, no, just do it. Get on with it. You're going to make a great mum. Which was basically the same as she'd said during that dinner party a couple of weeks ago. So it's just giving this story another kick up the bum.
0: Yeah.
1: To, I mean, I'm still not necessarily expecting to see anything at all from this for a little while. If we do, fine. But um,
0: I'm, it feels I'm like of, it's being
1: put to bed for a I, while. I'm
0: confused as to what they can really do with a fostering storyline considering the restrictions that are going to be put upon them by yeah social distancing amongst cast members unless they get a small child to move in with um Charlie Dumello or George Taylor <laughs> so they can interact with them like um you can't have a, a little kid coming the method in there like a bit from a bit of um you know a, a sat... like nobody comes to be a foster kid because they're having a great time with their family Something terrible has happened in their lives and their parents can't look after them anymore. So what do you do? You have the kid come round. You're like, welcome, child, but here's my stick. And if you come anywhere within the circumference, I will beat you with it. Mm. <laughs> you can't have any sort of meaningful, heartfelt, lovely, like, oh, I'm, oh my name's Toya and I'm your new mummy. Or, like, all you can really do is have a moody teenager. Like, so- <laughs> Imagine if they adopted um what's her face, Roy's niece.
1: Oh, yeah, Nina.
0: <laughs> Imagine if they adopted. I mean, I fostered Nina. A, I, I don't think, think she, she would foster. do, but you, I can just. That's the only way it would work because they have to socially distance, and it would be kind of funny if they got given a moody teenager who just hated them.
1: <laughs> I think that the the whole fostering thing was just to um. You know, have a have a bit of a quandary, between like, should I or fair, should I not? But that's it not doesn't fair on the characters. The story of Toya doesn't and Imran. really need it.
0: Um, the, the Toya and Imran needed plot together. Uh-huh. Can't they give them something to do? I
1: suppose the, the the fact that we're not going to see much more of Ollie either because he can't but you be see on what screen. what I mean?
0: can't. They can't have a little kid. They can't foster a little kid mm. and and not because there's no reason for them not to to interact. Some characters make sense, and you can see the social distancing in a logical way because they're not part of each other's bubbles. But Toya and Imran, Imran, are part of each other's bubbles, and so should their foster child be. Mm. So how I don't see what they can really do with this story for the foreseeable future. No. So why? Yeah, but why write into the script? So, so my dear sister. Why don't you carry on with your fostering ambition? I don't
1: know. I just think there were a few things in the scripts this week that didn't need to be there. And yeah. They were, and, and, and these are they these are still they? the fairly early scripts, aren't they? Yeah. From but the post COVID. And known. I think a few bits were put in to. Yeah, but they
0: would have known, anyone would have known, writing this script, that there's you can't write a blooming kid into the storyline. Why didn't they write in Toya? I mean, Leanne just saying, look. I totally get where you're coming from. I hope this doesn't cause any problems, but I really do think you're all right. And I don't think that I could cope mentally with you having a foster kid because it's going to be really hard for me. It would have made sense. It would have made Leanne look like a bit of a bitch. Maybe, yeah. But...
1: We already think that she's that anyway.
0: But you see what I mean? It's the perfect excuse... Toya and Imran were already going, oh, well, Toya was, let's not do this now. And then the script writes it back in
2: for them. (laughs) And right at
0: the moment when they actually cannot do it, they might as well have written they were going to go to Disneyland and just kidnap a child from there. (laughs) Let's just go and see which one takes our fancy. We can get them on on a a cruise ship from Florida before anyone notices they're missing. We'll just get to Bermuda and and sail back to, to England on a boat. Nimrod's like brilliant plan to work. That us.
1: sounds like a DVD special to me. <laughs> I'd buy that. Right, finally, speaking of um, poor children.
0: Oh, who... who's this then?
1: At the siblings.
0: Oh, the siblings. Still not gone
1: to Australia. I suppose they can't oh, at I the like moment. this.
0: This was kind of sweet. So, I, I enjoyed this on so Monday. So this was on Monday. Abby comes into the pub and Jenny's there and they start talking about the twins. And then Gemma comes in and she immediately starts yabbering on about... Oh, you, you, your twins are going to live in Australia. Oh, my God, I don't know how you could let that happen. I would never let my twins be taken away from me. Quads. I would, quads. I would die before that happened. Oh, my God, blah, 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 She blah, doesn't realise
1: that what she's saying is, you know, completely the wrong thing, does she? she Abby. She, she doesn't say it to be mean or anything. No, she's it's just, just literally a, is just carried just says away. says the first thing that comes into her head.
0: Carried away with the fact that her entire life revolves around four plastic dolls. Abby feels very awful about this and she sort of makes their excuses and leaves and then this is when um, Jenny gives Gemma, like, a glare, like, you idiot, how could you be so insensitive? And Gemma's like, what? Oh, Whoops, oh, oh, have I done it again? So she then finds Abby outside the chippy and she's like, look, I'm really sorry, I, I didn't think about it. And Abby says, I still think about the twins all all the time. But this is my chance to make up for my my mistakes. And then she says, I spent my whole life being selfish and now I have to do something good for them. That was a really nice quote. And then they both sit on opposite benches and they have a socially distanced cuddle and they kind of hold their hands up. And it could have been really crap with the wrong people doing this, but...
1: I think it worked. It and worked I think really it's... well
0: because they were both characters that would do this and also yeah. they're both really good actresses when you give them good lines. Well, I
1: think that, that's, that stuff like this is more that they need to be uh, giving Gemma. Yeah. Not gross out stuff, not stuff where she's just going on about you know being an idiot and not just stuff about the quads. I thought that that was a nice little character moment for the two of them. Yes. Oh, yeah, lovely. Uh, I, 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 I suppose this particular story... Was another one that wasn't needed there, there wasn't any development particularly. Well, it wasn't, it was just no, there it was, was reminding because, us that, that
0: no because Abby decided because we've learned, we also learned that they're not going they're still not going yet' mm. it's, it's still making preparations to leave, so it wasn't like Abby had a final chance to say goodbye and she blew it and now they 're in Australia they're still in the country, so we've established that we've also now established that that she decided that she wants to say goodbye to them. Which I was all for previously, but now I'm thinking to myself, but what is but the purpose of this now? It makes sense, narratively I guess, but...
1: Did she decide that, that she just wanted to say goodbye to them? She
0: said, I've spent my whole life being selfish and now I have to do something good for them. And I, know, think, I, thought,
1: I thought that she was just talking about letting them go. Do you reckon? Is something good for them. I don't yeah.
0: agree with her, I think she's being an idiot. <laughs> don't you think that... The whole thing's turned on its head now. Yeah, but don't you think that saying goodbye to your kids... She thinks she's being good, but she's I think if she, she doesn't, she'll end
1: up regretting it.
0: Well, I, you know, I'm, I have. I'm not sure very whether we're little, actually going to see it. I have very little um, interest, particularly in her seeing them now. It's been too long, I think, mm. for me to really care.
1: Yeah. Well, it feels yeah. like that if they need to, that they can um, put the story to bed now. But then it was, I don't know. It was
0: already, yeah. It was bed. already
1: in bed, as, as was, was the It was already in bed,
0: and they woke up and got out of bed and went, you all right, you are sleeping well? And it went, yeah, I'm fine, thanks, and went back to bed again.
1: <laughs> right, how many, what are you giving this week?
0: Not a high number.
1: No, 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 man. I feel like a bit of a downer, because, like, last week, I gave it a three, but it seemed like everybody on the Facebook group enjoyed it a whole lot more than I did. But still this week, I, again, I think that last week... Oh, good Shut old up. motorbike outside there, isn't there? Last week, like this week, I think, Monday was better and then the Wednesday and Friday episodes just didn't didn't grab me as much. I really enjoyed the stuff on Monday with Elaine. I mean, Elaine is just fantastic. Um, all the stuff with her being menaced at the ginnel. Um, the, <laughs> the the fact that it was end, ended on a bit of a mystery. And yeah, I know they were trying to solve the mystery on Wednesday and Friday, but I don't I just didn't... I don't know, it just didn't quite do it for me. Um and the the stuff with Gary and Adam and Sarah, I it was more exciting on Monday and I and when she, was it Monday when she was lying to the police and everything? I maybe. It it just it felt like it was it meandered a little bit after that. Um I did really enjoy the Abbey and Gemma stuff. Um I thought the Dilian and Toya stuff was fine if a little unnecessary maybe. Um, I, I might go three again. Yeah, I'd go three, three. Three um, mint yo yo's. Right, so when five. Toya
0: said mint yo yo's, did she mean that they were mint coloured or did she mean they were mint as and really good?
1: No, it's a chocolate snack. Yo yo? Yes.
0: Made of mint. No, it's
1: not an actual yo yo, it's just a round thing like a Viscount or what a small a wagon Viscount? wheel.
0: A mint yo yo. It's just like a round
1: biscuity thing, I think.
0: It's a biscuit called a yo yo.
1: They don't do them anymore.
0: No, they don't. They're around Wonder
1: why? They're around back when Toya and Leanne were little.
0: Because people like me went to the shop and went, A mint yo yo well, uh, does one. They use probably this? had
1: orange ones as well.
0: A mint yo yo?
1: That's what I'm giving it. Three mint yo yo's out of five, what are you giving it?
0: Three socially distanced cuddles. Uh,
1: uh. Um, I am going Who to
0: the give hell? my character
2: of the week this time Do day. I give this to?
1: Um,
0: very tricky, because there weren't very many storylines. I feel like nothing
1: happened. There's, there's been there's been this week and last week, where there's been a seriously reduced number of stories. Like last week, it was the Gary thing, the, the Jeff thing, and Bailey's. And now this week, it was Gary, Jeff, and a you know, bit of Abby, bit of bit of Leanne.
0: Can't give it to Gary because he's a scoundrel.
1: I mean, Adam was fun this week. Sarah was fun, but I don't think they deserve to be character of the week.
0: There's no award for being bad at lying.
1: Is it? Is it? Is it Alia? Is it Sally? Is it, is it Tim for maybe... Um, for starting to believe his dad, but then he doesn't by the end of it. But I don't know. Is it, is it Jeff for just being dastardly and enjoyable to watch? Um,
0: oh, God.
1: I think... I think out of all the characters that I enjoyed watching the most. It's Elaine again, just <laughs> just for the great performance and um uh, and her scenes I was most invested in so I, I think I think I'm going to go for for Elaine making me yeah, making me intrigued the most
0: Oh, I don't know who to give it to. She wasn't even in it for half the week.
1: I know Shh. well convince me otherwise
0: I'm not. Convinced. It's not my business, Oh, I don't know who to
1: pick who to pick. Sally. <laughs> Go for it, you pick Sally.
2: Yeah,
1: fine. And that's it for Street Talk this week. As I said, we're not going to do um, not only news this week because not much has happened, so let's crack on and get on with some feedback before we finish the podcast. Feedback time. And as I was saying earlier in the podcast, um, high scores on the Facebook group for last week's Coronation Street, 4.19 was the average score last week. So I think you gave it 3.5 and and I gave it 3, didn't I? It's just saying it's not quite grabbing me about it at the moment, but I'm really glad to hear that everybody else is enjoying it. Um, Shauna gave it 4.5 flying (laughs) ragtiles out of 5. I don't think we mentioned that, did we, last week, about Maria's weird question about... What happened when Gary was hit by the car?
0: Some sort of thing that you would be fascinated with if you didn't really like Gary. Yeah. Not if you were engaged to him.
1: Um, Chad gave it four and a half Vin Diesel's in a dress. And uh, Bronte gave it three lathers of hand sanitizer out of five, which I think was a little reference to Jenny's uh, scene with Jeff after he'd uh, yeah, uh, good. come visiting the Rovers last week. Um, right, we have got a voicemail from Joseph first. So we're just going to see what he's got to say about recent Coronation Streets.
2: Hi, Michael and Gemma. It's me, Joseph from Las Vegas, your resident videographer of the podcast. Um, finally having the time to send some feedback on the past two weeks and a half of Corey. Um, just wanted to say how much I've been enjoying the Yasmin and Jeff storyline and the progress has been finally picking up. Um, the the phone conversation between Yasmin and Jeff with spit screen when Yasmin finally cracked and said, "Shut up." Jeff was perfectly appropriate, um, and just Jeff just losing it and slowly but surely everyone is seeing through the cracks. Even even freaking Jenny, Jenny's looking seeing through it as well. Um, now that the show we have we are finally seeing them, um, the scenes post covid being um broadcast um it was the only way for them to just plainly mention about um the pandemic it, there was i mean unless they were considering a time jump but the issue with the time jump would be us not seeing what happened pr- behind the scenes you know unless they're going to do too much dialogue um with it, but then you know, it was, it was the only way, unfortunately, to just being mentioned and just us seeing signs be put up and them wearing masks, etc. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Um, but the one moment I really felt the pain was Aggie um, when she was doing the, her, the phone converse, uh, video call um, when she said that I, the things I've seen, and I could relate, first of all. The things that I've seen, the things we've been doing, you know, it's ridiculous, especially us having to reuse masks. And if that was on our board exams, the answer is false, first of all. Um, We do not reuse masks, but then obviously because of the current situation, we have to. And it's been tough. I know some nurses personally who've been asked to work five days, 12-hour shifts, can you imagine? 12-hour shifts, um, five days. And then they, typically, they work only three days, 12 hours, but five. Can you just imagine? I, I'm grateful that the maximum I've been doing at least was, has been 40 hours, but sometimes we've been getting reduced to 30 hours, which I'm perfectly, perfectly fine with. Um, but yeah, that really hit a nerve with me. Like, oh, yeah, I feel the pain with the egg. I really, really do. Um, can't wait to listen to the podcast and hopefully you guys share your dream address on Animal Crossing okay bye thank you Joseph
1: oh but it sounds like you're like properly in the thick of it at the moment So well
2: it's not great
0: is No, it? sorry to hear about how hard it has been
1: yeah it's interesting to hear from somebody who has been you know, working on the front line as it were and seeing how they're reacting to what Coronation Street is saying yes. because it's, it would have been very so cool. easy for uh, for Coronation Street to have done something and, and got it completely wrong and, and not been able to reflect in any way what people who are in real life having to deal with this pandemic are going through. So, um, I'm glad least, it rung true. Uh, yeah, at least, at least in the St Joseph's case, it rang true. So thank you. I'm glad, glad you're enjoying the And also enjoying line. the Jeff and Yasmin stuff. Jeff and Yasmin stuff, absolutely. Yeah. Right, um, we got a big long email earlier uh, today from China didn't we, who we spoke about last week, or well, we read one of our posts on... um. The Facebook, Facebook group, group last week. Gemma, would you like to read out Joanna's email from today? She
0: wanted to say thank you for reading out the Facebook post where she was the one who wrote about the time shift on last week's podcast and her theories. And she said thanks for all the kind things she said about it. I was driving on my own at the time and I heard it and I thought a huge laugh in the car and couldn't wait to tell my kids when I got home.
1: Well, what's going to happen today? Because you're getting mentioned two weeks in a row. I know. Whole email.
0: I also just wanted to say that the podcast has been really brilliant over the last few months. Thanks. <laughs> I
1: don't know whether tonight's going to
0: go down as an old-time be. It's not going to be on for the <laughs> ages. I had dipped in and out of it for the last couple of years, but once lockdown started, it suddenly became such a major part of my routine. I've thought for a long time about how Coronation Street is more than just a TV show, and for many of us, it has shaped our childhoods, our adolescence and our adult years while forming a backdrop to the social changes going on around us. Discussions on the podcast and on our own great Facebook group have really amplified this and it's been really good to see and hear the different interpretations of plots. That's why it's good about uh, honestly, I know that they could have ignored the coronavirus stuff and carried on pretending that it didn't happen in Weatherfield but to me, that's part of what makes Corrie such an important part, like Johnny just said about how it reflects things that we go through Mm -hmm. even if not all of us have been through some of the most dramatic things that we see on the screen. It really is like a social record, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and, when, and well, I think that this is... I think I said last week that this is like the most real that Corrie has felt for a very long yeah. time.
0: Yeah, she says, I know many people in my life have looked down on my appreciation of Coronation Street, and this but... has always wound me up. The plot's character development and its social and political themes have always put it on a par with any modern play or work of literature in my book. Just watching the recent specials with my children proved this to me, how they tackled and documented change, and in some cases led the way in bringing about a change in thinking, particularly with LGBT issues and now with a coercive control plot.
1: There is certainly a lot of slope snobbery out there.
0: Oh, wow! Well, whenever anybody hears that we watch Cory or do anything about Cory, they're always like, eh, we means the I think
1: people, I, I don't know, I haven't had much of that recently. I think people have just accepted that that's, that's you know, what I enjoy watching now the
0: amount of people though that take absolute great delight and glee and going, oh I hate Coronation Street and you say do you watch it and they say no and you're like when did you last watch it have you ever watched it and they don't ever 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 watched it and don't know anything about it yeah, I mean we all do. We all do it with other things. Like I'm the same with love. <laughs> <So,
2: laughs>
0: well, I, I'm like, oh, if I hate love. If anyone's gonna be I've a snob about coronation street,
1: I thought you would. To be honest, me. I, I can totally see a parallel universe. Yeah, of a, probably. Of you being a massive anti coronation street snob, but perhaps without it's, even trying it. But
0: perhaps it's just a lesson for everybody to just not be too dismissive of things. But equally, there are some things in life that. Oh, I'm just <laughs> irredeemably awful. Um, hey, but
1: Gemma, I'm a celebrity this year, which you think, which you count among life's ir- irredeemably awful things. I don't think You seem I do. quite interested in that this year because they're no longer doing it in Australia. They're uh, doing it in an old castle or if something. If they're doing like it in a haunted UK.
0: mansion, <laughs> I am watching that.
1: You'd be in it.
0: Oh, I'd be a ghost. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think... The thing about it is is that it's easy to look down on popular culture... And dismiss things, and I think it's a lot of it's snobbery and, and classism as well. And the same thing happens, anything that teenage girls like, gets crapped on. Like the Backstreet
1: Boys. <laughs> or Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anything. What
1: do teenage girls like these days?
0: BTS. <laughs> right, she says, I watched this Early King interview this morning, and it was a brilliant interview. Well done, both of you, for setting it up. And I found it really fascinating listening to all the research that had gone into the role. The plot has been particularly poignant for me after going through a very similar coercive marriage to Yasmine, and hearing Shelley talk about it with such great insight was incredible. The way she talked about the sort of women that men like Jeff pick was really illuminating and resonated with me so much. For me it was also really rang true when she said that Yasmine will take a long time to recover from the relationship I escaped my marriage 8 years ago but even now I find myself suddenly realizing that something that happened in my marriage wasn't actually normal or right. I guess it's a case of re- rewriting what is normal in my what normal is in my head. Needless to say this plot has been unbelievably cathartic for me and I'm sure for countless other women too. And I also hope that it will give many women trapped in coercive relationships the courage to leave as well as helping them to come to understand the situation they're in by highlighting the constant lies, excuses and blame game that controlling partners play. I could talk about this a lot more because it is so good and so inaccurate. Corinne, Shelley and Ian have played a blinder, but I don't want to fill up your inbox with my ramblings. <laughs> Oh yes, and also my teenage son walked into the kitchen to see me watching the video interview this morning, and there was suddenly total shock on his face. He then whispered, "Are you FaceTiming Yasmin?" <laughs> hilarious. He thought. He genuinely thought I was talking to Shelley King in my kitchen. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, getting back to what I was saying about academic, the academic value of Coronation Street. I just took delivery of an old book that I've spent years trying to track down. It's basically a collection of academic essays about the social and political value of Coronation Street, written in nineteen eighty. Weirdly, I originally came across it by accident in a German university library in 1991 when I was studying there, but for some reason we could only take books out over the weekend and I didn't really manage to read much of it. I've often thought of it, but I couldn't remember its title, but finally managed to track it down after a lot of research. My intention is to start reading it over the next few weeks and then share bits of it with a Facebook group. If it proves interesting, I'll keep you in touch about it.
1: I think that sounds pretty fascinating.
0: That is really cool. Well, I (laughs) I was going to say... One thing I was doing a few weeks ago was looking on the British Library's catalogues and they've got some stuff and like, essays and things that you can read. Have they? <coughs> Remember I told you there was something about the depiction of child grooming and sexual exploitation yeah. and there was also something about how Coronation Street is the most dangerous place in the entire country or something <laughs> like that.
1: It's pretty funny. I think it's interesting. It would be interesting just to read what people in 1980 thought about the, you know, the significance yeah, and whether Street they were and how, right. And how much of it could be applied to today's yeah. Coronation Street as well. Because it certainly was a lot less sensationalistic and plot-driven and yada yada back then.
0: Yeah.
1: How much of it will 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 seem like, oh yeah, it's not quite like that anymore. I'm looking forward to reading more about that.
0: I was also happy to hear that you have left behind your abusive partner and it is really sad when we hear... When we have stories like this, the same thing happened with Aiden's story, and people get in touch with us and they share their experiences. Um, it's really sad to know that people have had to go through such horrible things mm. in their lives, and I just hope that watching it on Corrie, like it was with Joanna, is is like proves to be therapy of some kind. Yeah, it and, um, sounds like it. A- it doesn't always work out that way when you see something that rings true or is very close to your heart but when it, when it works that way it really is fabulous and it shows the power of, that soaps have because not very many other there's not very many other TV shows that can do things like this mm. there's so many things that Corrie and other soaps can tackle yeah. and bring it into people's homes and start conversations
1: yeah I mean, especially with the coercive control Yeah,
0: because you, Cause you, you still can't learning, show in a six it?
1: episode drama no. what coercive control is like over
0: yeah, yes. He he is. Is. People are still learning from, from characters that you've age. only
1: just met. Yes. Yeah. Right, um, Nancy this week says Thank you for that email. Yeah, thank you. Um, Nancy enjoyed the socially distanced stunt last week. Says that oh, she needs yeah. to figure out what she's gonna tell the police Sarah though. Does. Sarah, yeah. Um, if Gary loves Sarah, will he try to stop her from talking to the police? What about Maria? I do wonder if they'll find out about the roof if they'll find out who did the roof collapse. Could that happen in December? It all to me looks like it's converging. On December, and which, which is going to come quicker than you think, I think. Yeah. It feels I'm like that's a long way away for it to keep dragging on. But I think, Nice and cold. Think, I think December is going to be upon us before you know it. Um, Nancy enjoyed the Elaine, uh, or Philippa, <laughs> telling Tim that she was his mum. He reacted terribly to the news, Nancy says. I wasn't expecting him to throw her out the way he did, but I wonder if Sally will have a part in talking to Tim about his mum. Jeff will try to stop Elaine, but will he be able to cover things up? This should not be turned into another murder story. See, this is this is what I'm saying. I, I don't yeah. think it should be.
0: Well, also, I it's don't not, think it will. It's not beneficial to the the story or the issue to turn it into a murder story because that's not what people who are no not not every person who's who's domestic because he's not he's not violent. He's psychologically damaging, which is just as bad in a way, but he's. It's, it's, it was not. Yeah, it's not true. I'm just waffling. Mm.
1: It's not true to the story. Uh, Nancy says she loved the way Jenny cleaned her hands with hand sanitizer after Jeff said he wanted to hug her when lockdown was over, <laughs> and the expression on Jenny's face was priceless. I loved the Aggie and Ed wedding anniversary celebration. It was great to thank Aggie and the NHS in this story. I loved hearing about Egg and, Addy, Egg and <laughs> Ed and Aggie's <laughs> early days. Um, Mary's singing was a way to throw in some comedy, and I give this week episodes three mannequins. My character of the week is Elaine slash Philippa. Thank you very much, Nancy. Thank and you, Nancy. what does Rebecca have to say this week, Gemma?
0: Good week on the street again, great social distancing. My favourite was Mary's shuffle out the kitchen, out the cabin, so funny. I enjoyed Gary's stunt, although I wish I hadn't, they hadn't told us about the Woods car crash, although we must be grateful for what we can get. Stupid Covid. I also think Gary might blackmail Sarah with revealing all about Callum if she reveals he killed Rick.
1: Are you, are you surprised that Gary didn't seem to want to go down that route? Because I was I was really expecting him to say... I think... You know, I am going to tell them this the if you mentioned about Rick to the police. I'm going to sell you you off down the river. But he didn't. Does that mean he does love her?
0: I think somebody in the writer's room went, oh my God, do you know what? He still knows about Callum. Don't you think that he would try and blackmail her? And then they went... Just write in that he won't because he loves her and then we'll move on.
1: Oh, I don't know. Do you th- I mean, Because do do it's a massive still... plot
0: hole if he wasn't going to bring this up to her. Mm. But I don't. I think that they are thinking this is too involved and convoluted. It can't be part of the plot. We can't expect people to remember things in, in the show that happened five years ago and that to be a major part of the story because it's going to alienate people.
2: Wonder... all that we like
0: references, it alienates People, if you rely too heavily on them, because you're also having to constantly wish for people to jump in on the show, and nobody's going to jump in on the show when the major story revolves around something that happened.
1: Mm. But I, I the, wonder whether are they are going to have like a little secret relationship, Sarah and Gary, and then she's going to spurn him in some way and say, No, I'm going to go back to my husband, and then that's when he'll say, Right, I'll dodge you in. Maybe. Possibly. I
2: think maybe.
0: Um, like Maria's new bee mask and was also glad she finally made an appearance. Bernie didn't annoy me again this week. I liked to see him Gemma in the backyard. Enjoyed David saying he and Shana were being kept apart by a pandemic. Although his history line in Friday's episodes confused me as didn't David walk out of his exams.
1: Um... He did walk out of his exams, yeah, apart from his geography, I think. But he I also didn't
0: get it right, so that <laughs> completely fits <didn't laughs> they? they
1: mentioned um, David and Shona again this week, didn't they, apparently? They, they said something about during lockdown they spoke out the window or something. Yeah. Which was weird, because again, it, it plays around with the timeline. And was she trapped in there? What's going on now? Don't ask all, questions.
0: All um, a bit odd. Onto the Jeff story. I really enjoyed Paula Wal- Wilcox this week as Elaine loved her scene with Tim in streetcars and we now finally know why Tim calls Tessa his mum as that is what Jeff probably told him as Elaine Philippa had gone when Tim was a baby. Jeff in the Rovers was creepy calling Jenny mummy and saying he wanted to hug her once the pandemic was over. No wonder Jenny threw on the hand sanitizer. I would have done too. So I Matthews played a blinder in that scene. I also think that Elaine isn't lying and that she is Tim's mum due to Jeff's reaction when he sees her. I don't think he will kill her but will probably send her away with a few few threats never to return again, as she's scared anyway, although Alia and Sally maybe will think she is dead. Finally, really enjoyed the Ed and Ed, Ed and Aggie story. I love the Zoom call for Ed and Aggie's anniversary. However, Ed saying things like many more memories and other things like that worries me. I hope Aggie won't catch COVID. Although if she does catch it, I don't think she will die, as Curry isn't like that. Oh really.
1: <laughs> I think it would be... God, would it be interesting to have a character actually
0: get it? I don't think they're going to get it. The thing is, what was it? Something like one in 300 people, one in three or 400 people have contracted COVID in the UK. So it really makes sense to me that nobody on the street has caught it and it... only barely know anyone who has had it.
1: Mm. But Corey has said that they're not on tackling it and they don't want to do COVID stories.
0: But Rebecca says, also she might just get scared which will give more character development to the Baileys and bring her and Ed closer together. Mm. I think that's a really good thing. I mean, Aggie is accidentally one of the best characters they've got to tackle Coronavirus related stories, and I think they're probably thanking their lucky stars that they decided to shoot Robert earlier in the year and make Aggie back into a nurse.
1: Mm. I just imagine if this if this pandemic had occurred um, a year ago, they'd have been like, "Oh, why did we drop a roof on Rana?" Yeah, (laughs) she could have been up there. She could have been
0: doing stuff. She said Rebecca says character of the week is Elaine, but again props go to Aggie. Lorna did a fantastic job, and I give it, uh, give it four.
1: For him upstairs deciding to throw a pandemic at David and Shona out of five.
0: Okay, you... Yeah. There was some weird formatting.
1: I have done something funny with the formatting though, I do apologise. I apologise. Thank you, Rebecca. And finally FangirlOverload23 says that this wasn't her favourite, but it was okay. The Gary story was certainly anticlimactic. Too much about romantic troubles between Adam and Sarah or Gary and Maria, and that's not really my thing. What was exciting, though, was Jeff and Elaine. I don't think he killed her, but he may have seriously hurt her or kidnapped her. or do you think he's got her in a basement? He's
0: got her in Andy's basement. He
1: might do. <laughs> Gemma made me face palm. It was the typical character, says something, which makes other character run off in tears trope. However, I did like Rita telling Jenny what to buy. Yeah, I didn't mind the Jenny stuff. The no, joke. no, I always liked Gemma it. Stuff this week. Leanne's reaction to her old friend was tragic, and I loved her scene with Toya. character of the week is Tim, and they give it two and a half entire bags of pork scratchings out of five. Thank and I you very much. With that, I... we have reached the end of this podcast. <clears throat>
0: Sounds like she thought the same things.
1: Yeah, roughly the same yeah. as us this week. Well, we will see when we have yeah, a we the will. Facebook poll next week to see what other people reckon of this. Um yeah, I'm hoping I enjoy next week's Coronation Street a little bit more. It's been fine. It's been okay at the moment, but for for something that's, you know, got two big stories bubbling away, it's just not quite getting me on the edge of my seat as as it maybe should do, but maybe it's just because I'm a bit too hot and I've been tired at the end of the day as week when yeah. we're watching it because we've been traipsing all around Greater Manchester with our face masks. Right, we are done. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you'd like to give us an email, then you can get in touch with us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter yet, why not? We're there, we're at ConversationStrew, and we're on Instagram too, and both of those places are excellent at the moment for finding out in advance what we're doing in our Manchester trip. We've been doing um, Instagram stories this week, haven't we? You've been teaching me all about that. Um, so that's been quite fun. And uh, yeah, lots of pictures and things from our trips around Manchester. So yeah, follow us, please. Um, we're on YouTube, we're on Patreon, we're on Spotify. I think that's it. Yep. Now we are going to have some lovely... Lancashire hot pot for dinner.
0: Why do you keep calling it Lancashire hot pot?
1: That's what it is, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I guess
1: so. What's that? But I wouldn't call it that. What do you do call it? hot pot. We're going to have some hot pot for tea. Goodbye, everybody. Look out for more stuff on social media. And we'll be back. Hopefully more positive. Hopefully less hot. Hopefully less tired. Hopefully less wittering. Less wittering is always the wish, but it's never going to happen, is it? See you next time, everybody. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.